Hello, everybody, and welcome to One Flew Over the Shorebird's Nest, the Delmarva Shorebirds podcast. My name is Will DeBoer, Director of Broadcasting and Communications for your Shorebirds. I hope everyone listening had a safe and enjoyable Memorial Day weekend. Strange one indeed, the first Memorial Day without baseball in the United States since 1880. 1880, and if this year is anything like that year, an early congratulations to our new president, James A. Garfield. Garfield served as our 20th president for less than a year before his assassination, and there was a time in this nation's great history that he was the most famous Garfield in America until being overtaken in that title by one lasagna-loving cat. This week we'll be joined by neither the President Garfield nor the Cat Garfield. We've got Zach Matson, one of the Shorebirds' breakthrough stars from last year, an all-star left-handed relief pitcher. We'll hear from Zach Matson a little bit later in the show. First, some new business, our call of the week, and wrapping things up, as always, with fan shots. But now it's time for new business. This week we saw the launch of our Flock for a Cause online auction, which will be live through June 7th. You can bid on one-of-a-kind items like a visit from Sherman Shorber to your home or business. He's still looking for jobs after this thing comes to an end. You can have lunch with a Shorebirds player at Purdue Stadium, and you can even broadcast an inning on air with yours truly. All proceeds will benefit the Shorebirds Fly Together Fund. You can visit theshorebirds.com to bid on some of these Flock for a Cause online items, and you can do that through Sunday, June 7th. On Thursday of this week, we'll hold another Shorebirds Virtual Happy Hour featuring our special guest, Gary Kendall, the current Norfolk Tides manager, former Bowie Bay Sox Eastern League Championship manager, and manager of the Shorebirds from 2005 through 2007. In fact, until last year's playoff run, he was the most recent Shorebirds manager to take them to the postseason. Gary Kendall joining us on Thursday's Shorebirds Virtual Happy Hour. Right now, you can watch video highlights of some of the Shorebirds' most clutch hits from 2019. Thursday, we'll have an Eastern Shore Legends profile of Jake Flowers, a Cambridge native, two-time World Series champion with the St. Louis Cardinals, and star manager of the vaunted 1937 Salisbury Indians of the Eastern Shore League. Written by yours, truly co-written and researched by Eric Day of Salisbury Youth. Sunday, we'll have our 8th Shorebirds Classic online rebroadcast. It'll be the game from August 10th, 2019 against Kannapolis. It was Grayson Rodriguez's fourth and final 10-strikeout game of last year's dominant campaign. Early home runs from Seamus Kern and Adam Hall helped Delmarva Cruz over the Intimidators 5-1. And that game is available on our Shorebirds SoundCloud page. Speaking of Grayson Rodriguez, he is the subject of today's Call of the Week, in which we look back at some of the many highlights of last year's 90-win season. Today we'll shine a light on May 27th, a Memorial Day matinee against the Hagerstown Suns at Purdue Stadium. Gray Rod was his usual unstoppable self. At this point, he had tossed six innings of two-hit ball and held a 2-1 lead in the top of the seventh. Pitching as deep as he had in his pro career, the 19-year-old faced the Suns' Omar Marahildo with two down and nobody off. Three balls, two strikes to Marahildo. Rodriguez stands tall. The windup, pitch 100 on the way. Swung on and missed strike three. Breaking ball, 12 to six. 
Good night, says G-Rod. Listen to this applause for Grayson Rodriguez. Seven complete innings, 100 pitches, and he finishes the day striking out his eighth batter. There's Kyle Moore with the handshake right now. Longest start of the career of Rodriguez comes to an end in line to win it. Nothing across for the Suns. Stretch time here from Delmarva. Shorebirds 2, Suns 1 on the Delmarva Shorebirds Radio Network. That eighth strikeout came on Rodriguez's final pitch of the afternoon. From then on out, Tyler Joyner came in for a six-out save, and the Shorebirds won it 2-1, improving to 39-11 on the season. They'd win their 40th game of the year the next day. Grayson improved to 6-0 on the year with the victory on the way to finishing 10-4 in his first full season of professional baseball. A little over a week later, he'd be named the starting pitcher for the Northern Division in the South Atlantic League All-Star Game. Just one of countless laurels for a man who at one point last season was the Orioles' number one prospect in their entire organization, a title he only relinquished to number one overall pick Adley Rutschman. Cruising along to this week's One Flew Over feature interview with 2019 Shorebirds All-Star reliever Zach Matson. The Orioles took the Fayetteville, Missouri native in the 24th round of the 2016 draft out of Crowder College in Missouri. He moonlighted with Delmarva in late 2017, but really broke through last season. Matson made 17 appearances with Delmarva in 19, going 4-0 with a 2.55 ERA, four saves, and 63 strikeouts over just 35 and a third innings, good for 16 strikeouts per nine. He was one of eight Shorebirds who made the All-Star team despite being left off the opening day roster and making his season debut two weeks into the year. Soon after that All-Star Game triumph in late June, Matson was promoted to High A Frederick. Earlier this offseason, he was one of six relief pitchers named to the Shorebird Silver Anniversary Team. Joining us from Raymore, Missouri, just an hour south of Kansas City, it's Zach Matson, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Zach, uh, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, glad to have you. And uh, you've been in Raymore since... Uh, Everything broke in March. Uh, what have you been doing to keep busy during the whole quarantine? Um, at first, it was kind of, you know, day by day. Um, when we first got back in mid-March or the second week in March, uh, you know, the weather wasn't the best around here. It was kind of cold. So just trying to figure out, um, you know, the best place to work out and the best place to keep keep my body in shape. And uh, I think we've found a good routine from here on out. Things starting to open back up, so that's about it. That's good. Now, I can imagine, you know, gone are the days when, uh, you know, baseball players would need a spring training just to get back in shape after the off season. I mean, uh, uh, you guys work out year round, and you know, it's it's something to do yeah. certainly. And you know, you don't really need a gym, and it it's good to be able to keep in shape through all this. Yeah, I agree. Um, you always, it's always good to see kind of what you, how your stuff that you've worked on in the off season and how it, you know, you can apply it to during the season or in season. So I would say that's really the only thing that, you know, we're missing right now is probably the biggest thing for me, but yeah. I mean, gotta, gotta do the best you can. You do, and 
and make sure that you get yourself a big screen so that it's not like Joe Davis of the Dodgers and you're you're working on a pitch and end up breaking a window like it's a sandlot. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't done that yet, so hopefully hopefully I stay away from windows. Yep. Keyword yet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, if we can, I'd like to flash back a little bit to uh, a little over a year ago, late March, early April of uh, 2019, uh, when uh, camp broke uh, for the Orioles minor league clubs and uh, you were still fighting for a, a roster slot uh, down there in Sarasota. Yeah. Uh, what was your mindset going into uh, uh, the beginning of April, knowing you were still going to be at camp? Um, You know, it's pretty rough uh, mentally, but... I mean, I've been in that situation before, um, and you know, you just have to keep keep chugging along. Um, when you know, when the rosters broke, I actually talked to uh, Ramsey a little bit, the pitching coach in Delmarva, mm-hmm. and uh, he just told me to keep working. And you know, they liked what they saw, and um, you know, my it's not over is basically what he said. So I just took that advice and kept my head down and kept moving. Yep, and all it took was another couple of weeks, and you got to Delmarva in the middle of April and uh, seemed to hit the ground running. Uh, was there a moment for you that made you think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be able to have some staying power up here? Um, I wouldn't really say a moment. I've always – that's one thing that I've learned to do. Um, I've been playing pro baseball with the Orioles for four and a half years now is – um, learn, learn that you belong wherever, you know, you're put and really just try to embrace, you know, the situation. So, um, there wasn't really a moment. I just, you know, I think I, I knew that I belonged, belong there. And, you know, I just tried to pitch the best I could. Yep. And pitch the best you could. Uh, you certainly did. Uh, you underwent a, a transformation last year, much like a lot of uh, your Oriole teammates, into a, a true strikeout mm-hmm. machine. And you had good strikeout numbers beforehand, but uh, last year you, you took it to a whole new level. Uh, what sorts of things uh, were you able to focus on heading into last year? Maybe uh, new approaches that the uh, the new regime at the top brought? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, hands down, that's, that's you know the reason why I was able to get so many strikeouts is because, um, you know, we kind of dealt with the technology like the track man and spin rates and all that stuff, um, the year before, but we didn't really know how to apply it into, uh, our game and kind of pitch to our strengths. And, you know, once, once they broke down everything that I had, um, I just kind of learned how to, pitch off of each, or pitch off of other pitches and uh, put myself in good situations. Mm-hmm. And not to give away state secrets or anything, but was there any particular tweaks like a, uh, you know, I don't know, you're leading with a different kind of toe or a heel or something like that that really allowed you to unlock some of your best pitches? Um, no, I wouldn't say anything mechanically. Um, I would say more mindset. Um, you know, as pitchers, you always want to try to avoid, you know, hitters counts or even counts. So, um, and you all, you all, I mean, if you have O two, you want to get that strikeout. So mm-hmm. 
I think that just trying to get to O2 or 1-2 even as quick as possible, and then, um, you know, then you break out that, you know, that swing and miss curveball or that fastball up in the zone that you've been working on in the bullpens. That's, you know, that's, that's when you can bring that out and see what works and see what doesn't. Well, you brought it out frequently, and it was rare when anybody in the South Atlantic League was able to catch up to it, and you ended up making the All-Star game, uh, despite the fact that you were left off the opening day roster, one of eight shorebirds. Uh, How did it feel when you first found out? I think we were in uh, Kannapolis when the news broke. It was, I I couldn't believe it. Um, I was very grateful, and, uh, I mean, I was just excited. My family was excited. I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I'm 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 not gonna you know pity party myself, but I've never been one of those guys that you know has any um, media around them or anything. So it was kind of nice to get some you know recognition for my hard work, I guess. But you know, there was there was, I mean, that whole team could have made it. So. I was glad to be chosen, but that that whole team, you know, deserved to be there. Absolutely, and uh, you know, it's one of those things where you're not, you know, playing for the accolades. You play to play baseball because you love it and you're right. and you're good at it. But it, right. it it sure is nice to every now and then get the uh, the validation to say, hey, I I guess I am meant to do this after all. Right. Yeah. Now, you and uh, seven of your teammates ended up uh, going to the All-Star game in Charleston, West Virginia, and uh, it wasn't too long after we clinched in West Virginia that you went back. Uh, do you remember what yeah. was, it was like uh, that whole All-Star week and getting to play in that game? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, there's some festivities before the game and um, kind of a kind – of uh, like a – parade not a parade but just like a I don't know there's a band and stuff so it was good to be able be a part of that and get recognized and you know sign some autographs and it was just it was it, it was fun you know it's just as simple as I can put it it was just a lot of fun yeah, and I'll bet it was fun to be able to pitch in that ballpark and not have the toast man uh breathing down your neck <laughs> Yeah, I, I uh, saw him uh, before the game, actually. I don't know if he knew who I was, but I told him, I said, hey, I'm pitching on the uh, home side today, so you better not, I better not hear anything from it. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, I, you know, he he knows everything about every player, so he's like, oh, I already got everything set up for you. <laughs> there you go. Okay. One, one of the benefits of an all-star game, huh? You know, uh, enemies yeah. become friends and vice versa. That's right. Yep. Uh, we're talking with Zach Matson right now, uh, 2019 Shorebirds All-Star reliever. And, uh, Zach, you are one of the breakout stars of uh, what I believe uh, they dubbed themselves the Shore Daddies, uh, one the bullpen, which had such a great yeah. year last year. Uh, what was it like getting to pitch with uh, with such a you know great group of guys coming out of that pen and spending all the time uh, before the game and during the game with them? It was awesome. Um you know, it definitely kept it. It definitely lightened the mood. You know, going playing 140 games, playing every single night. You know, it kind of days starting to run into each other. So, just have something to look forward to, and you know, know that we can go down there and have fun, and 
you know, at times we got a little crazy. I'm sure that KMO probably wasn't too happy with us, but you know, he was awesome to us. And, and, uh, you know, as long as we kept professional, um, he didn't really care. So, um, it was good to just, you know, show up and be a part of something, but, uh, have fun doing it. So. There you go. Did you pick up any new dance moves from spending time around? I think uh, it was Gruner and Palufo who were especially. <laughs> yeah, I kind of left the dance moves to them. Yeah. Um, we uh, every time a home run was hit, we would we would try to do something, but I would always try to get in the back or, you know, I'm not a big dancer, so. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, it's true of any minor league season, like you said, that the days uh, run together. But I'm sure there were days that stood out, especially in a year in which uh, Delmarva, uh, you guys had such a, a wonderful season and, and first half champions. Oh, yeah. uh, do you have a favorite memory from the couple months that you were with the Shorebirds? Yeah, I was actually thinking about um, how how much fun I had last year. And I would say the uh, the moment that stands out is, you know, probably obviously to everybody is is when we did clinch. Mm-hmm. Um Sorry, we got a we got a puppy and she's trying to get the cat. But <laughs> okay. anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say we didn't really do it how we wanted to. Um, you know, it kind of came down to a a race at the end with us and um, Hickory. So uh, you know, we were kind of keeping track of games, and um, I mean, you were there all along, but uh, just counting down, and then finally uh, we clinched and. You know, the celebration was probably the best moment I've ever had, you know, with a sports team. Yeah, it was wonderful. I remember, um, you know, with it, without giving too much away because there's, you know, kids listening to the podcast, but uh, we all had a right. good time. And it was all of you guys and the staff and myself and James, the bus driver, and uh, uh, yeah. much merriment was had that night in Charleston, West Virginia. I agree. It was just awesome to see everybody that, uh, you know, put a lot of a lot of time and effort into that team kind of be able to celebrate with us you know it's not only that there's a lot of working parts behind a baseball game so you know it's I think everybody appreciated uh the fact that we were able to include you know everybody that was a part of it as well Mm -hmm, I agree now that was a great moment uh but the one I think about uh uh, when I think about the season that you had, uh, my favorite memory involving that was uh, there was a Canapolis game around late May when we took the lead in the ninth. Oh, yeah. It was Adam Hall who had the uh, two-run single. Then you came in and struck out the side, and, and you told me afterwards on the bus you could hear the broadcast from all the way on the mound because there yeah. were so few people there on a Monday night. Yeah. No, that kind of fired me up. That kind of fired me up. You know, I always – my parents actually listened to every single game, and and they always talked about how entertaining you were, actually. And uh, so it was kind of nice to hear, you know, play-by-play play and, you know, live right there on the mound. Oh, there you go. So if they end up having uh, these closed stadiums when we get back to baseball, uh, hey, you'll you'll be unfazed by hearing uh, somebody from hundreds of feet away and, and calling out. I know. That, that game, I actually didn't think I was going in because – um, Naughton, Tim Naughton was primarily our closer in those mm-hmm. types of games, but I think he had pitched the day before, so 
Um, it was kind of like a fire drill type situation. Uh, I mean, they gave me plenty of time, but, uh, you know, it was, it was fun to just go in there and, you know, not think about it too much and just pitch and obviously, you know, hear you in the background. Yeah. Oh, it's fun to watch. Certainly a fireman type of situation. You come down hook, 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 three looking strikeouts <laughs> and you know, they, they didn't know what hit them. Yeah. I, that was my, that's been my go-to uh, for, I would say probably the past two years. There you go. Brilliant. When it's working. Brilliant curveball, and when it's working, yeah, no, nobody can hit it. Yeah. Uh, well, one last thing before, yeah, one last thing before we let you go here. Uh, Keeping current with what has been going on in sports, the uh, the Last Dance documentary just finished up. Uh, pretend that you're a producer yeah. right now. Uh, if you could make a ten part documentary series about any sports figure, who's your pick? Ooh, that's a good question. Um. I don't really know. There's a lot of, but I mean, the one comes to mind, it's not a good example, but you know, Johnny Manziel had a very short career, but Ooh. very entertaining person, very entertaining person. Um, I mean, that's not a very good answer, but, uh, I could, I could see that maybe not a 10 parter, but, uh, but a three or yeah, four I parter. I wouldn't. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's, uh, I would say maybe, you know, Mariano Rivera. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I think there's been documentaries about him before just to see, you know, where he came from and, and what he used to do to, uh, you know, go on to have a prolific major league career. But, you know, you see some situations that those guys are put in and they get themselves out of it. I think it's, I think it's really cool to see that. I could definitely see a really riveting documentary about him. And and the stat that always gets me about Mariano is more people have walked on the moon than have scored off of him in the postseason. I know. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, that's if you put it that way, it's pretty pretty amazing. And all with just one pitch. He had one pitch and nobody could ever could ever touch it. I know. All right, uh, Zach Matson, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Shorebirds All-Star early pitcher from last year. Uh, Zach, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was really great to talk to you again, and uh, all the best to you uh, whenever we get back to baseball and uh, wherever you start the season. Sounds good. Hopefully we'll see you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Zach. Our thanks again to Zach Matson, one of the great success stories of last year's Shorebirds team. You can follow him on both Twitter and Instagram at ZMatson25. Time to close the show with our segment for Shorebirds fans by Shorebirds fans. You guessed it, fan shots. Submit your favorite Shorebirds memories and you can hear them on this podcast. We'll take either written or spoken submissions, send them in to wdebore at theshorebirds.com or post them as a comment on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. This week's fan shot comes from Rob Altoff, who enjoys being able to meet so many good, young, up-and-coming ballplayers. His son has truly enjoyed meeting these players and maybe one day he'll become one. 
Now, we've had quite a lot of great players pass through Delmarva over the years, but for every superstar, there are also dozens of other players who are just as beloved by the local community and had good runs with the Shorebirds, but didn't quite make it to the major leagues. Last week was no different, as the Orioles released 37 minor leaguers. This sort of move happens all the time, but it doesn't sting any less. Several 2019 Shorebirds didn't make the cut, including catcher Daniel Fajardo, catcher Ben Brazil, outfielder Nick Horvath, pitcher Juan Echeverria, pitcher Hector Guansi, outfielder Edison Lantigua, and outfielder Robbie Thorburn. These guys all contributed to arguably the greatest summer in Shorebirds history, and we wish them all the best in the game and beyond. Bring to a close another episode of One Flew Over the Shorebird's Nest. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review of the podcast. We're hosted on Anchor.fm, also available on Spotify, Apple, etc. Keep up with the Shorebirds online at theshorebirds.com or follow along on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Will DeBoer and our guest Zach Matson on Twitter and Instagram at zmatson25. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode featuring Orioles Director of Pitching, Chris Holt. New episodes are available both during the hiatus and whenever we get back to baseball. Until then, this is Will DeBoer saying stay healthy, stay safe, and may all your favorite bands stay together. You've been listening to One Flew Over the Shorebirds Next, the Delmarva Shorebirds podcast. So long, everybody. This has been a production of the Delmarva Shorebirds Baseball Club, Class A affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles.